I was having a bit of a fight with the um, microphone there for a wee while. I meant to do it before, I, before the service. <laughs> Decided to go down my sleeve, but it doesn't work like that. Anyway, God is so good, isn't he? <clears throat> that was powerful. That uh, the second to last song, I really felt like the Lord came in there. It just felt like. And I, I, was, just of, I was just prophesying in the front there and and it was, it was talking about the Lord coming in and his glory coming in. So that was really powerful. Yeah, wasn't it? It was really, you know, you get it, enter into worship. Don't just, um, oh, worship. Can't wait for it to finish. <laughs> Don't be like that. It's, you, it's your chance to worship God. You know, you better get used to it because you'll be doing it in heaven. So get on, you know, just get doing with the flow. Anyway, so I'm going to, I'm just, I don't often, I usually type out my um, scriptures, but this, some were a bit long, so I just wasn't going to. So there we are. Okay, so my, I'm talking about words carry creative power. So there's power in what you say and what you do. I want to start with Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The Amplified says it like this. It's, it goes... A death of life in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? And then the Message Bible says, says it like this. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And so it's really important about um, what you say. Don't just think, oh, what, it doesn't matter what I say. God knows my heart. Yeah, but he hears your mouth. He hears your words. He tells us, you know, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And then, then we've got to choose, choose life. We've got to choose words of life. And so don't think your words aren't significant. They are totally significant. And, and they carry weight in the realm of the spirit. So by your words, you're either going to engage the, the angelic realm in the spirit of God, or you could engage the other side, the demonic realm. Because Satan's very happy to, to enforce the words of you just released from your mouth. So the ability to create comes through words. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, then he specifically reveals the method by which he brought the world into existence. He says in verse 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And you go through, it goes, and God said, and this happened, God said. And then in verse 6, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. So everything, every time he spoke something, released words, something was created. And uh, now we have that potential. God made us in his image with the potential to create with our words. Now, you're not going to be able to create humans, you're not going to be able to create animals, <laughs> trees, not that, but you're going to create, you can create and change your circumstances with your words. You can change, you know, have health or healing or, or whatever. Depends what you're saying, provision or lack. Um, our destinies are determined by our words. God has a destiny for us. But, you know, you can be taken off track with your words. And so everything you say counts in the realm of the spirit. You all remember the story of Jesus. He was walking with his disciples, 
they left the town that they were sleeping in and, um, and he saw a fig tree in the distance and he went to it. When he came to it, there were no figs on it. And so Jesus spoke to the tree. In Mark eleven fourteen. it says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. The next day they went past that same trick, that same trip, fig, 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 free, no, <laughs> fig tree, and Peter called out, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered away. And then Jesus gave the story. He said in Mark eleven twenty two and 23, have faith in God. Or in other words, literally it means have the God kind of faith. And what sort of faith is that? It's the faith he explains, actually goes on to explain in verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Well, that's huge. I mean, I, I don't think anyone yet has moved a mountain. <laughs> that would take quite a lot of faith. But he's bringing out a principle there. You will have what you say, because you alert the spirit realm, the angelic realm are there waiting to, to bring to pass things, God is listening, and so is the enemy. He's there listening, and he wants to try and enforce his will onto your life and get you saying things that he wants you to say. So, you know, we need to be aware of this. And you notice that in that verse 23, he uses, Jesus uses the word believe once, but the, he's, the word says, he uses it three times. He's trying to emphasize the creative power of words. Your words and our words, they create. They create. They bring life or death, healing or sickness, blessings or cursing. You choose. God has given us a free will to choose. So, unless we're, he just, you know, says, therefore, choose life. I set before you, remember to the Israelites, he said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, just because you might be a bit thick, choose life. <laughs> it's that simple. Choose life. So let's start speaking words of life and hope and freedom and wholeness and wellness, and all of these things. So we've got to make sure that it's used, that principle is working for us, not against us. We can't speak, we've got to speak words of life and hope and faith and so forth. Don't speak negative cursing words. Don't agree with the negative things you can see in the natural realm. You know, if your body's not well, start speaking to it. Speak the word of God over it. Speak healing, speak life. You know, I speak life to my body. I speak healing to my body. You know, God wants you well. He wants, he wants us all well. So, don't, don't agree with the negative. Speak the po positive. Make sure what you're saying lines up with the promises of God. He wants you to be free. He wants to provide for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace and love and all of these wonderful things. All the things he's promised, he wants us to enjoy. But you see, our mouth gets in the way. Big mouth. Too many big mouths in the... 
too many big mouths in the world, probably too many big mouths in the church. <laughs> okay, so when Adam sinned in the garden, the earth was plunged into a dangerous situation with mankind having the ability to create or destroy with words. But they're no longer under or in tune with God or listening to God or being obedient to God, but so many are under the influence of Satan. And even in the body of Christ, so many, they don't realise that they're heeding his words and not heeding God's words. He's the one who comes to kill, steal, destroy. That's what he comes for, to kill, steal, destroy. So God needs the body of Christ. He needs us to tame or take control over our tongues so that our words are permeated with the truth of God, the truth of God's word, so that we create life and hope, joy, healing, provision, all these wonderful things. But Satan wants to capture our minds and the tons. He wants to capture the minds and tons of this generation. Every generation he tries it. But he knows what God, this God is about to do something powerful on the earth, in the earth right now. So we need to get hold of this now. You start using, make sure what comes out of your mouth is good and pure and uh, life-giving. Because God is going to, he's going to turn up powerfully in the, in the body of Christ, in the church. And it's going to touch the whole world. It is. It's the glory of God. Okay, so. So if we're going to, we've got to create life, but Satan wants us to create death or failure, depression, oppression, despair, lack, stress, greed, sickness, you know, just name everything negative. And that's what he wants us to be declaring and speaking over ourselves, over other people. But you need to take a hold and start declaring the truth, what God wants you to say. Don't just blurt out anything out of your mouth because everything you speak has an impact, as I said, in the realm of the spirit. You know, Jesus challenged the Pharisees often. They were, they were the religious people of the day, but they were full of pride, they were full of arrogance and, and just religiosity. And they showed no mercy or no love for the ordinary people. They would put on these burdens, oh, you must do this, you must do that, and yet they weren't doing those things. Jesus pulled them up for that. But <clears throat> in Matthew 12, 34 and 35, he said to them, the Pharisees, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, you don't have to be just, you know, someone out murdering everybody in, in, in the sense of evil. We can still uh, have not haven't guarded our hearts and there can be evil in our hearts and there'll be things in our hearts that shouldn't be in our hearts and that you're going to that's going to come out your mouth whether you like it or not so our problems don't begin with our mouths even though some are big mouths <laughs> they begin with our hearts and the and they end with the words that come out of our mouth so it's but what's in your heart that's the question. What is in your heart? Because what is in your heart is going to come out your mouth. If there's faith, if there's love, if there's um, the goodness of God in your heart, that's what's going to come out. Forgiveness in your heart, 
But if, it's, if there's resentment, if there's bitterness, if there's anger, if there's hate in your heart, that's going to come out your mouth and it's going to be harmful to you. So we need a change of heart. People first need to get born again. Make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. There's no other way. That's the way. Get born, you know, receive Christ. He's the one who died on the cross, paid the price for the sins of the whole world. So, and then when we're born again, we, need, we are responsible for planting the word of God in our hearts. We are responsible. I'm not responsible. Pastor Lisa's not responsible. You know, and Pastor Matt and Brownie and all that, you know, we preach from here. We bring the word and we hope you'll take it and plant it in your heart. But, you know, you're the ones, you're on your own 24-7, seven, seven days a week, except you might come here for one hour, two hours. And so you've got to take the word and you've got to get it in your hearts. You've got to spend time in the word of God. Don't leave this just sitting on your shelf, you know, and you can't find it. <laughs> you should have it with you, you know, by your bed or, or um, on your desk, and you need to read it. You need to read it. You need to be able to underline it. You need to know. I know that a lot of, of you do use your phone thing, but there's nothing like a book. And the experts will tell you, you know, that um, if people... People do better if they'll read newspa actual newspapers and read actual things. It does something for the brain. And when we're just depending on that, it won't get into us the same way like a written page will. And you know, you say, oh, that's old-fashioned. Well, God's not old-fashioned, and he's got books and scrolls in heaven, and he reads them. <laughs> he's writing them up about us. Okay? So, you know, just spend, I, I just think, Christians are getting a bit lazy and just not spending time in the Word of God. I mean, when we started this church 37, 37 years ago, man, we were, we were on fire, weren't we, Dawn, in those days? You know, we were um, on fire. We were hungry for the Word of God. Everywhere we went, our Bibles went. <laughs> we were fanatical, really, weren't we, about it. We just, we just loved the Word of God and we just had that Word in our heart and we... And, uh, we would declare it out of our mouths. Oh, my, there we go. My computer had failed, but there it goes. Okay, so let's just think about what are you meditating on? We've got to make the tree good. You can't have a bad tree with good fruits. What is in your heart? What are you meditating on? And uh, we can't hold iniquity in our hearts. We can't hold bitterness. We can't hold unforgiveness in our hearts or pride or resentment or criticism, unclean thoughts, unbelief, fear, worry. We shouldn't have worries. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. But in all things, you know, we, we make our requests be known to God. How many of you have been anxious this week? Yeah, let's be honest. We probably all have at one stage or another. The rest of you are just lying. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, sorry. No, I just, that's all right, Lord, forgive me. That's probably, might be true. <laughs> anyway, be anxious for nothing. Get anxiety out of your heart. It's not good. It's not good for you, and you'll not produce good fruit if you've got all that stuff in there, because out of the heart, what's in there in abundance will come out your mouth. 
those negative emotions, those negative thoughts. They're going to come out and they're going to lead you down a path of destruction and failure. Proverbs 4, 23, 24, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, work on it to guard your heart. Work on it. You can't be sloppy about this. Work on keeping your heart. Keep it from darkness. Keep guard it. Keep it filled with the light and the life and the love of God. For out of it spring the issues of life or the forces of life. And it says, put away from you a deceitful mouth. That means a hypocritical mouth. It's thinking one thing in your heart, but saying the opposite. And put perverse lips, it says. That means contradictory or disobedient, rebellious lips far from you. So anything, we, if anything that's opposite to what God is asking us is rebellion. And it's contradictory. It's, we're contradicting the life that's within us. Proverbs 15.4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness breaks the spirit. And we, we can't go around with a broken spirit. Perverseness means a refusal to obey God's word. If you won't forgive, you're disobeying God's word. And you're going to find there's perverseness that, that's going to break your spirit. So don't refuse to obey God's word. Get it right. I'm not saying we have to be perfect all the time, but be quick to repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be thinking that, I shouldn't be saying that. Do you get that? Okay. One or two of you. Good. <laughs> So when we speak perverse or unholy or bitter or faithless words which contradict the word of God, it will, it will weaken us. It will weaken us and it will weaken the, the force of God, the life of God in us, if you like, and it will affect others. We cannot continually speak things contrary to God's word or contrary to faith and not expect to damage our spirits. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt, bad or worthless communication come out of your, your mouths but what is good for necessary edification that's for building up building up not only yourself but building up others that it may impart grace or blessing and life and favor to the hearers okay so let no corrupt communication bad or worthless corruption come out of your mouths so even you can hear what you say people around you can hear it but you hear what you say and if you're constantly, constantly saying, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't forgive that, uh, I'm a failure, I'm no good, God could never use me, oh, God couldn't do that. I, I remember doing that until I got hold of a message like this. I remember thinking, oh, Lord, I'd really love to lay hands on this and see them be healed, but no, I could never do that. Well, I've been doing it for 37 years. <laughs> And people have got healed. But, uh, so, but I was saying that when I heard this message, I stopped it straight away. I said, I sort of, okay, well, I've got to change how I say what I say. So um, we, we need to be constantly saying, I can, not I can't. I'm not a failure. I'm a winner. I win overall. You know, say words of encouragement and that will build you up. So, you know, the 12 spies, you know, when uh, Israel had miraculously come out of Egypt and then God wanted to bring them into the promised land. And so 12 spies were sent in there to spy it out, to work out a strategy of how they were going to take over this, this land. 
And uh, anyway, because God had promised. So they went in there and, and they were looking around and, and they saw, you know, they saw big walled cities and they saw um, the sons of Anak there. They were the sons of the, the giants. So they're pretty scary. See, we don't have giants like that today, but around that time there were giants. And uh, they saw, the, and they said, the, they said the people were fierce. So they, they, they uh, fixed their minds on all the negative. Instead of going and looking around, and, wow, this is going to be our city. Wow, look at that great wall. It'll be great protection for us when we're in there, you know. And, you know, just, um, and look at that fruit. You know, they came back with a great big grapes, so heavy, one big thing of grapes, they had to, two men had to carry it. Can you imagine how big those grapes were? It'd be probably the size of an apple, I don't know, but huge. And uh, anyway, so <clears throat> instead of going in there and looking and keeping the word of God, he says, I give you this nation. I give you this nation. But instead, they start thinking, no, this is too much. Right? We can't, we'll never get this. We'll never have this place. And so they came, you know the story, they came back. They didn't guard their hearts at all. And they just came back with, oh, we are not able. We were as grasshoppers in their sight and in our own sight. Hey, God was on their side. The creator of heaven and earth was for them. But all they could see that they were weak and they were useless. Don't see, ever see yourself as weak and, and useless at all. You're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? He's on your side. And he wants the best for you. He wants to provide for you. He wants you to be strong and well. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit of God and powerful on the earth. Amen? All these amazing things. But they didn't guard their hearts. They filled themselves with all that unbelief. And all they started to do was meditate on how they couldn't take this, this place. And the result was it's, there's, there, it broke the spirit of the Israelites. They came back and spurted out this stuff and it broke the spirits of the Israelites. Their perverse tongues contradicted the word of God and they weakened their own spirits. They drained themselves of all faith and robbed them and their, that generation of their destiny, the whole generation. And they never entered the promised land. They failed to receive the promise of God. Why? Because of words. Words. Don't think they're insignificant. Every word that comes out of our mouth is saying something. So listen to yourself sometimes. Now Joshua and Caleb, of course, they, those two leaders jumped up and they said, you know, we're well able to, you know. Hush, we're well able to go in there. You know, they knew God was on their side. Isn't that amazing? They'd, they'd just seen this massive miracle. You know, they'd, God brought them out of Egypt. They had carried all the silver and gold, for goodness sake. They left their rich, and, and then God parted the sea for them. I mean, that doesn't happen every day, does it? And they crossed over on dry land. It wasn't even boggy. It was, <laughs> it was dry land. And then they saw the, the, the Egyptian armies destroyed when, when they tried to follow through, totally destroyed. And, you know, Egypt was the, the, had the greatest armies on the earth at that time in the civilised world. They never, ever recovered from it, ever. Even to today, they never recovered from what happened that time. So Joshua and Caleb, you know, they said, let us go up at once, we're well able. And uh, in Deuteronomy it says, and the Lord heard the sound of your words. 
and was angry and took an oath saying, surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give your fathers. And then he said, he was just so angry with all the, the negativity and they wouldn't believe in him or in spite of all the wonders that they'd, been, um, been, he'd, they'd seen. And so he said, okay, you'll have to wait till all these ones die off except for Joshua and Caleb and all of those 20 and under. And so it took 40 years. Wait for the, the day the last person died was the day that they moved in to the promised land. And those all missed out did so because they didn't guard their hearts. And we need to guard our hearts. Amen? It says in Proverbs 4.23, I'll just read this again. Guard your heart. With all diligence, for out of it spring the forces of life. Out of your heart. Do you know what your heart is? It's not your boom, boom, boom heart. <laughs> it's your soul. And your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. It's, it's like a three, we are a three-part being. We, have a <clears throat> we are a spirit and we possess a soul, which is your heart, your mind, will and emotions. And we live in a body, a physical body. But if you don't guard your soul from negative words, they will get in and they will produce negative things in your life. So you need to protect your heart with all diligence. That's why it says all diligence because it's, you need to use all diligence because of the way the world is set up. Guard your heart. <clears throat> okay. So, you know, our souls are the life source, if you like, of our lives and we need to protect that life source from all that with all that it takes, protect it. Protect your mind, your, your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when you sense danger, when you sense there's going to be strife, there's bitterness, there's fear, unbelief, all this negativity, anger, deal to it before it's left unchecked. And those things will destroy you. And negative, soon, before you know it, negative words will come spewing out your mouth and it will change the course of your destiny and those around you. That's what it will. It will change the course of your destiny. I just want to... Um, how are we going? Let me just see. Yep, getting there. James, if, you have got your, if you've got your Bible. <laughs> James 3, 2 to 6. <clears throat> uh, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word... He is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn the whole body. I'll just stop there for a minute. We put bits in horses' mouth, mouths. Why? You know that metal thing? Yeah, so we can, we can direct where, which way they're going, they're going. When I was a, a young girl, um, I had the opportunity, we, my friend and I used, were allowed to ride this horse, but we... We had to ride bareback and with a bri uh, no bridle, but just a halter and reins. And you know that little pony, she was called Pixie, and she was a little Pixie. She would, uh, she would, um, if she got sick of it, she'd just buck us off. And <laughs> things you do as kids, honestly, really. Once my friend got, she got bucked off onto a um, barbed wire fence, so that wasn't so good. But we couldn't really control her. We just were glad we were riding a horse, <laughs> not a pretend one. And, uh, but we didn't have a bridle to steer her. 
And so she knew, the horses aren't stupid, she knew. And so we would go where she wanted to go, not we where we wanted it to go. <laughs> so, so the tongue is like a bridle and it will steer our life where we want, where, where it should be where we want to go, but our tongue will steer it. If you're into negativity, you're saying, oh, I just can't do it, I'm useless, I'm hopeless. God says, you're great, you know, he, you, and this is the way you're going to go, but so you're going, you're going to go this way. And if you say if you're fighting sickness in your body too, don't agree with it. Say, Father, I just thank you. You are the healer. Jesus is the healer. And I just thank you that my, I command my body to come right. I command healing. I speak life and healing to my body. Okay? And I'm not saying anything against doctors. Doctors are great. Most. Some. <laughs> Can't say they all. I don't think mine's particularly good. But anyway, I never go to her anyway. So <laughs> but anyway, there are good ones. And, you know... God will heal through doctors, through, for, through you know, I'm not against that, I'm all for that. But the, the best would be that we could get our healing from God and it's there for us. But let's speak life to our bodies. Don't speak, you're getting old. I, I refuse to do that. I've got a, something about that actually here somewhere. Something that, the, oh, I don't know where it was. <clears throat> It's something that they, the, the doctors found. When you're speaking, you know, you're getting older and that they, as soon as you start declaring, oh, I'm getting old, I'm getting older, and that cells in the, they see that cells in the brain, they start to die. They start to die. They agree with what you're saying. So that's why I've always said, I don't believe in old age. I'm just getting younger every day. <laughs> so just tell yourself that. You're getting younger every day. Don't say, oh, getting old. No, you've just got a sore back and it can be healed. Doesn't mean you're getting old <laughs> at all. So speak life to your bodies, speak healing, and your body will respond, absolutely. <laughs> I wonder, I'll talk about uh, Lord. Give me a supernatural, um, give me a supernatural facelift. <laughs> I have one of those. Okay, all right, so... Okay, I'm just sorry, I'm just, I don't know whether I've skipped or what. It's the trouble, you see, I go marching off on other things and then I have to look and I think, where the heck am I? I don't, I have no idea. Okay, let's, so, we're in James, aren't we? Okay, so we've done the horse bit. Now, look also at ships, ships, sheeps, ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder where the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Oh, no, that's the next one. I don't want to go further. But So we look at ships, and it's the little rudder you know, controls where that ship goes, doesn't it? If, uh, Dawn made a good point in the morning service, she's early of service, she said about the Bismarck. The, you know, you, some of you know the Bismarck, and the Germans had the Bismarck, and that was a, a great, that was a really up there, the latest uh, warship. And they, it was causing a lot of harm and destruction for the Allies. But uh, this one clever person somehow shot out the rudder, and that Bismarck could do nothing. It, was only, it could only go where the sea would carry it. And that's like our tongue, we're like a rudder. Now, don't let the enemy shoot it off 
You need your tongue. It needs to be speaking the way you want your life to go, the way God wants you to go, what the word says about you. He thinks you're great. He's got great things for you. He says by his stripes you are healed. You know, he has a destiny for you. And don't, don't um, break the rudder. <laughs> Make sure that you speak in line with what God says about you. Speak good things about yourself. Speak good things over your family. Speak good things about our nation. We need to speak good things. Also attacking what the enemy is doing. Amen? So that's really important. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature or the direction you're going to go and it is set on fire by hell. Okay? The tongue is a fire. He, Satan is trying to set your tongue on fire, speaking what he wants you to say so that he can direct your life. And you see, if you, you have a little spark. At, see, Satan's not stupid. He'll get you to say just a little, just a little wrong thing and uh, then it will be... And it's just a little spark. But then, you know, you keep agreeing with that and keep saying that. And then it becomes a springs up to a little fire. Next minute, it's caught onto a tree. And next minute, the whole forest is on fire. Now, it's much easier to put out a little fire than a great forest, isn't it? You try putting out a, a forest fire, it's almost impossible. But you, this is, you are the one who lights this. Satan will try and fire things at your mind, but you're responsible for what you speak out your mouth. So speak life, speak healing, speak deliverance, speak freedom, speak justice, speak, speak good things. Provision, speak. Don't go saying, oh, I've never have enough, never have enough, never have enough. Okay, you'll never have enough. You know, you, Jesus said you'll have what you say. You set in motion laws, laws of the spirit, the spirit of the, of the life or the spirit of death, which is failure and um, hopelessness and, and poverty and lack. None of that's God. So he says speak words of life. We've got to speak words of life and healing. If my body was sore, I will start speaking to it. I say, you know, life and healing. And that sort of thing. And I, I would never say I never have enough. I used to. I remember saying, oh, we never have enough. And I got pulled up on that one day. God really pulled me up. Either that or Don did. <laughs> <laughs> Almost God, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, <clears throat> so I watch what I say. Watch what you say. What are you saying over yourself? What are you saying over your family? What are you saying? about this church, better be good. <laughs> and we've got to speak good things about our nation. Bad things, yes, have been happening. Doesn't mean to say you don't go for the enemy, go for the darkness that's been involved here. But we need to declare what God wants, justice for this nation, truth in this nation, righteousness and healing for this nation, and truth for your family, and healing for your family, and, and healing for yourself. Don't say, I never say, 
I would never ever say, oh, I'm getting old. I will never, you'll never hear me say that. I just say I don't believe in old age. I say, thank you, Lord, I'm getting younger every day. <laughs> he renews our youth like the, like the eagles. Like the eagles. Don't say you're getting old. Don't say, oh, you know, not, not much time for this old whatever. Don't say things like, speak life. Speak healing. Speak wholeness. That's so important. Speak life over your family, over your children, over your spouse. Don't say, oh, you're a stupid old croc or whatever. Don't say words. <laughs> croc. Don't want a croc. Crocodile? I don't know. <laughs> Crockpot. Anyway, speak life. Start speaking life in your home. Speak life to your family. Speak life to your children. Speak life in this place. Speak life in this church. Speak life over our community. Speak life over our nation. Amen? God wants to bless us. But we don't... So, you know, and life and death are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. Therefore, don't speak all those rubbishy things. Okay, I'm, I'm wrapping up. So Satan, he's the one who's after your tongue. He sets it on fire. He sets on fire the course of... Um, he, just, he, just, he describes... James describes the, the tongue as a fire. And it will set on and destroy a huge forest, as I said. He says, No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of poison. It can be your tongue can be so poisonous, you're worse than a viper. <laughs> it's really if you start downing your kids and start saying you're useless, you'll never amount to anything. You're poisoning your kids. You're absolutely poison. Don't say that. You know, it's discipline your children if they're naughty, but don't speak death. Don't speak death over, over your children, or over your family, or over yourself. Don't do it. Say, I'm, I'm, well, I, I'm well able to overcome. I, I walk in victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out, I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the country, I'm blessed in all that I do. God is renewing my youth like the eagles. And then start speaking that. Don't start saying, going around, oh, just, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting, a, I just feel like I'm getting old. No. Speak life to your body. Speak healing. Amen? And speak life to your family. Speak life to your children. Discipline them if they're naughty, but, um, but to speak life. Then you've got to come back and speak life and healing. Amen? So I'm just... So our words are full of either deadly poison or life. And we've got to speak life because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And it says, No man can tame the tongue... But the word of God can, and the spirit of God can tame that tongue. I just want to finish with two um, <clears throat> really good um, testimonies, that's good. <laughs> I don't know, some of you will know Don McDonnell, I don't know, um, yeah? He's a, yeah, he's a New Zealand evangelist, he's, he's a powerful man. We've had him with ICFM for two years running, and we'd love to have him again because he's he would come again too. But uh, if you know his story, he had a, a really bad, bad uh, quad bike accident and he broke and crushed his spine and he was left paralysed from the neck down, totally paralysed from the neck down. But he wouldn't accept that. You know, we're snared by the words of our mouth. He wouldn't accept it. 
And in hospital, he would confess um, that he could move his toes even though he couldn't even feel his toes. And, um, just, uh, he, and he, anyway, he got himself out of bed even though he couldn't feel his legs or he couldn't walk, but he got himself out. And eight months later, he, 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 um, he was walking, he was preaching, and he was travelling. But according to the x-rays, this is so amazing, he still shouldn't be able to walk because of the, the injury, the, you know, what happened in his spine. And, but he's not walking in, according to the x-rays. He's walking according to the word of God. He just wouldn't accept it. He's walking according to his faith in God's word. All because of faith he is walking today. And he's travelling, you know, he's travelling the world. It's incredible, it's a credible, incredible um, testimony. The doctors can't understand it. He's not supposed to be walking. They can't, because it's, it's still severed. I mean, it's just, it's a miracle, it's just amazing. So that Hebrews 10, it tells us to hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And um, Kenneth Hagin, he was once, if you know him, he's a, he was a great preacher. Of, he brought, God told him, I want you to teach my people faith because they don't know how to walk, and walk by faith. And he, did, he was a great man. I, Don and I had actually saw him in person, went to some of his meetings. Just a lovely, lovely man, would never say anything, just kind and just humble man. Anyway, he was asked to pray for a, a 39-year-old man who suddenly got sick and he was on life support. And, um, <clears throat> and, he, and Kenneth heard God, so he went to pray for him and he, God said he won't recover for spiritual laws had been set in motion long ago and cannot be reversed at this time. And his brother said once, when they were children, they were playing, and his brother suddenly became more serious, and he said, I will not live to 40. And he died at 39. No particular reason. Isn't that amazing? He set laws in motion. You see, there, there were spiritual laws. So watch what you say. You better cancel some words out. But, you know, you could put a curse over, over yourself or over your children. Oh, you're useless. You'll never amount to anything. Don't say that over your children. No, if you can't say anything nice, just shut up. And then later on, when you feel kind, then some, you're going to be great. <laughs> you know, when you grow up, you're going to be great. So speak kind words to each other. Don't tell your husband or your wife, she's an old, you're just an old hag. Don't, don't think, none of you would do that. <laughs> no, hey, no. Because our youth is renewed like the eagles. <clears throat> anyway, so, uh, yeah, so that might man had died at that age. So he'd set in motion that law of sin and death with his words. And, uh, but while you're alive, you can reverse those things. If you've spoken words, curse, curse yourself, really. Um, set in motion, repent. Say, Father, I cancelled out those negative words I've spoken about myself or about my family. If you said, I, oh, you know, you useless little thing. Don't say that. Say, I break... <laughs> I break those words in Jesus' name. I break that over my children. I break that over my life. I, refuse, I repent for saying those things, for being negative and, and all of these other things. Um, yeah. So, did I just read the Kenneth Hagen one? Yeah? Good. 
Okay. Hallelujah. There. Well, that's it. That's what, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Speak God's word. Always speak in line with the word of God. Speak words of redemption, of victory, over sin and over sickness. Words of life and deliverance and wholeness. Words of peace. Speak these things. And if you've spoken negative things, cancel them out. In fact, I think we will do a... Let's stand up and let's just, let's just break a few things. If you've spoken words that you know, man, I spoke this over such and such or over myself. Because sometimes we could curse our, ourselves. So, Okay. Okay. Father God, I repent for every negative, cursing, harmful, fear-filled, oppressive word I have ever spoken against myself, my family, or other people. I renounce all those word curses I have spoken and I loose them from their assignments against me. I loose them from my soul. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me. Today, I make a quality decision to guard my mouth with all diligence. I make a decision to speak only words of life, health, abundance, peace, joy, love and hope. Set a guard over my mouth so I don't sin against you or others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, are you... Did you want me to? No, you're doing it, aren't you? Good. Yeah, yeah, good. Sorry.